0: Hey everybody, join us as we delve into our favorite dark tales and paranormal mysteries.
1: Venture with us beyond the safe places that exist in daylight as we go Beyond
0: Beyond the the Shadows. shadows. True crime,
1: paranormal, hauntings, UFOs,
0: cryptids and unsolved mysteries,
1: conspiracy theories,
0: past lives, reincarnation, and all the like are just a few of the topics that we'll tackle.
1: If it haunts your fucking dreams, then it will be on our show.
2: Where you found me at. You can't see me
0: in the deepest blacks. When your heart starts listening it, you see the cracks. All these creepy things that you might attract. All the demons be where the action's at. So listen up if you want it. UFOs, all them ghosts. We got everything that you want and woke. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? Hey everybody, welcome to episode 29 of Fun With Flags. No. <laughs> with beyond the shadows uh
1: welcome back shadow people
0: hey we want to start off thanking some of our podcast family here we they uh, really have had our backs they're helping us uh promote our show they've done a lot for us we really appreciate them they've got some great great podcasts you guys should check out we've mentioned them before we got the uh spiritual sisters nicole and gabrielle yeah they just did a uh recent episode on reincarnation it's really good yeah they got an excellent
1: show check that out
0: and then we've got the suspended sentence with uh tracy and samantha and we've been on the show with them they they are fantastic they got a great show they put out a lot of content you got yeah keep you listening they just did an episode i recommended to them was uh willie picton and they did that one that's a really good episode
1: Excellent show.
0: Check and it. then there's the ladies from All Things Outrageously Dark, Scary, Beautiful, and Totally True Podcast. That's Katie and Kelly. And uh, they just did a couple episodes uh, that were real good. The, uh, I'm going to mess up the name of the, ca- the castle. It's the Man- Manrissa Castle? I know I'm, I'm, I'm butchering it. But that was one of their last episodes. Yeah. It, it was really good. And then they're I think they just did, did one on Virgos. So that's the uh, astrology stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of a funny story. My sister, she's a treat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, when she was a kid, one of her friends, she she was probably only like 13, 14 years old. One of her friends asked her, one of <laughs> her friends said, are you a virgin? And she's like... No, I'm a Leo.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two story. Anyways. <laughs> and there's a few other podcasts I want to mention. So friends friendly podcast with us. We've got the One Nothing podcast with uh, Amanda. She did send a story in for us with a UFO. We're going to be doing an episode with her down the road. Yep. Um we got the ladies from the Red Rum podcasters, the uh, Conversation Cabin with Farah. Like Mother, Like Murder with Heather and Rachel. The Men of Misfortune. We got uh, Tyler, Dylan, and Talon. And then Ruddle Me This with uh, Taylor Ruddle. And Mrs. Spooky obsessed with Victoria. So... Check out any of those; they've all got great podcasts. They've all helped us promote ours, and you know they're all good people. Check them out. That's what I love about the uh, the podcasting. You think with like people with similar
1: topics, it would be like all this competition and douchebaggery. And we've experienced the exact opposite it, of that.
0: It's really cool, to be honest with yeah, you. I absolutely. used to I used to manage music, and it's super super competitive. And it seemed like every time you thought someone was out there to. Help you and support you. They stab you in the back, yeah. and uh, it is not like that no, in podcasting we it at
1: all. These are all amazing people, amazing shows. You get a great variety out there to check out. So we definitely recommend all of those.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's very family like. I mean, all these people are great. They're willing to help you out. They're willing to help promote you. All of that stuff. So
1: me and Scott would be sort of the uh, annoying ass brother, right? Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, but no check them all out. I mean, there's none of them there that you wouldn't enjoy. Every one of them are great podcasts. So, and like a lot of them do the same stuff as us. A lot of them are a little different, you know. No yeah. no competition there with us. We love them all, so check yeah, them absolutely. out. All right. So, what story we got here?
1: Uh so, there was a uh, a Nessie sighting,
0: a fourth one of the year. Yeah, fourth one in 2023.
1: I I thought they'd been dying down to be honest. I hadn't heard too much about
0: it. Yeah, I guess you probably just aren't hearing about it as much. No. But it this one they got pictures.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a boatload of pictures, but uh and some <laughs> of them are convincing, but they're, you know, obviously just grainy and just Yeah, it's, go, yeah, it's the
0: same thing. I mean, the people, the people eyewitness accounts what's best. The pictures aren't that great. But there is one of them that it really surprised me because it stands quite a bit above the water. Yes, it does. And that, you know, Because you hear so many different stories, like, you know, when I think of them, I think a lot of them is more serpent-like in the water, so, but, uh, seeing this article has got us, uh, thinking that maybe you guys might be in for maybe a bonus episode? Yeah. Maybe something here real soon? Seems like
1: a good idea. I say, you know, let's just screw it. Let's do Tuesday.
0: All right, Tuesday. (laughs) We're going to hit you with one of those Tuesday. And, uh, what are we going to talk about today, Ryan? So I was watching an episode of
1: uh, – the fuck is that show called? I'm going to have to pause. All right. Now that I get my notes straight, <laughs> uh, the show was a docu-series and it was on the Vi- – I always thought it was called the Vice Channel, but it's the Vice Land Channel. And it was called The Devil You Know. Uh, and I usually keep up on the true crime and stuff and I had not heard of this dude, uh, Pazuzu Algarad. Oh, I haven't um, heard of him either. Uh. From Carolina, he's a uh, Satan worshiper. You get up to some just freaky-ass shit. To to think that there's even people like that out there is is creepy as shit. Right. I'm going to call this one uh, The Devil in Carolina. Uh, Hopefully you guys like it, and we'll be right back. So Pazuzu Algarad was born John Lawson Alexander in San Francisco in 1978. His early life remains largely a mystery. But in his younger years, he and his mother relocated to Clemens, North Carolina. He had problems in his early years, and his mother sought him psychiatric help. They diagnosed him as being agoraphobic, schizophrenic, psychotic, she later said.
0: So this was in 1978?
1: Uh, No, well, he was born in 78. I I mean, the the diagnosis is. I'm just,
0: this is like the most recent case you've ever done. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You like those older ones. It's good. No, this is cool.
1: I got to change it up. I was getting bored.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, She initially sought him treatment, but later no longer had the funds to continue with the treatment, and his demons went untreated. A woman who babysat him in his younger years had some unique insight into his upbringing. She said that he was tiny, but generally sweet and very much in horror movies, and being a vampire. At one point after hitting his mother, she had him committed to a psychiatric hospital. The woman disagreed with his having been institutionalized, insisting that it was his mother who had the problems. She drank heavily and ran around with a lot of men. The boy was neglected and began to change. Often details of his younger years are hard to pin down, mostly because he was constantly changing and rewriting his early history. He told some that he was from Iraq. This came after 9-11, when the goal was seemingly to make others uncomfortable around him. He told others that his father was some sort of high priest. Those who knew him when he was younger described him as being shy and a little bit strange. Childhood acquaintances said he had frequently been bullied at school and after ninth grade, he stopped going altogether. He told people that the reason for him having left school was because, quote, that's when the phobia around people started. He turned to alcohol and drugs at an early age and also began abusing small animals, a telltale sign of a burgeoning psychopath. He admitted to consuming up to a a 12-pack of beer a day at 13 because it just calms me down. Otherwise, I would
0: get the shakes. Can you imagine needing to be calmed down like that at thirteen, yeah. and you know the kids are fucking brutal. Oh yeah, if there's a kid that has issues or something, oh my god, the other kids are just gonna let up. I remember
1: that from when I was younger. You know, I was never, I was never the bully or the one on the receiving end of it, but I saw shit every kid does, and it sticks with you to this day. I mean, Tons there was, there was some harsh, harsh shit, and you can only imagine what those kids on the receiving end of it go home and. and Feel or do or whatever. I mean, you see,
0: right, all the time on the news stuff happen, and it's uh, it's it, it's brutal. Kids can be brutal. Th- they're some of the nastiest creatures on the planet they really when they're be. in the teenage years. Yes. They really are. I yeah. Oh. His
1: mother said on the docu series about her son, he wasn't by any means an angel, but he wasn't a bad person or a boogeyman, or whatever phrases people have called him. Uh, once you hear the story, I'll let you judge for yourself on that. But Well, she's mother henning him a bit there, I think. You know?
0: Yeah, most moms do.
1: In 2002, he chose to legally change his name to Pazuzu Algarod. Pazuzu was the name of the Assyrian demon who possessed the little girl in the 1973 horror movie The Exorcist. He chose the name because it conformed with his now-satanic beliefs. The surname... Algarad means the Lord of Locusts in Arabic. Along with his name change, his life goals also changed around this time. He was no longer trying to conform or fit in a society, but rather to ostracize himself
0: completely from it. So what nationality was he? He claimed to be Iraq. Uh, Yeah, he wasn't from Iraq. He wasn't. He's not Middle Eastern at all. Uh, But he claimed that he was.
1: Best I can tell, he's full Caucasian American descent. Uh yeah, I don't know why he claimed that, just to, just to piss people just off, to I mess think, with to make people, people uncomfortable. Was like you said, yeah. after 9-11. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. trying to conform anymore. He just wanted to make people uncomfortable. He got his face covered in tattoos. He filed his teeth into fine points. He let it be known that he believed in and practiced Satanism in a small town that was heavily Christianized. He told people he practiced animal sacrifice and took in the ritual consumption of blood. He also claimed that he had the ability to control weather. He let it known that he bathed no more than once a year and hadn't brushed his teeth in years. You know,
0: you hear that? They bathe once. Why bother that once a year?
1: (laughs) Because for those next two days, he is hot. It's like, whoops,
0: 364, tomorrow's a big day. Gets to the point where it's even bothered you. Right? right? (laughs) Yeah, maybe like day three or four.
1: (laughs) He believed that washing and brushing his teeth washed away the body's natural abilities to protect itself from illness and infection. His look and behavior drew plenty of raised eyebrows in the community. Strangely, though, he had a vaguely Charles Manson-like charisma that also drew in the socially ostracized and disenfranchised to him like moths to a bright light. His former friend Nate Anderson would later say, He had a twisted sort of charisma. It's the kind of charisma that isn't going to appeal to everyone. But certain minds are going to be drawn in by that. The misfits, the outcasts people living on the edge, or people who wanted to live on the edge. If people feel pushed out of their community, or they're not getting help, they'll go somewhere else where they're accepted. Patricia Gillespie, the director of the Viceland documentary series, explained. Uh, Everyone's going to have their own reason for why they showed up there, but I think a lot of it has to do with needing a family, needing acceptance, and needing care. Even though it was ugly and nasty, He provided an
0: accepting environment, some would say an enabling environment. That's a lot of it. You know, cults are like that. Motorcycle gangs, uh, regular gangs, anything like that. It's just a lot of people who don't have that family or that bond with other people. I suppose it's better to have a creepy family than no family at all. Right. If
1: you're out there on your own, a kid has been bullied, you're going to seek out other kids that have been bullied or or similar going to. it's a safe place. I get the the concept, Mm -hmm. but I'm all set with the – (laughs) <laughs> teeth-filed-down guy uh, right. doesn't with shower, the dragon doesn't breath. brush his teeth. <laughs> Files them down and doesn't brush them. Oh. Uh, his ho- house was open to all of those who wished to come and you were free to do whatever you wanted within the walls of his humble abode, or rather, his mother's humble abode. He organized orgies in the house with both friends and strangers. He encouraged others to go to the bathroom anywhere within his walls they wished and his dogs would then consume it. The animals that were sacrificed and consumed during ceremonies inside his house were then tossed in the corners to rot and decompose. There was trash everywhere inside the house, and it had a horrendous odor. Along with the animal carcasses and trash, there was human blood smeared all over the walls. Pentagrams and satanic messages were painted everywhere. Empty beer bottles and needles littered the house, and strangers and friends were free to come and go as they pleased, as well as to stay as long as they wished. Over the inside of the front door read a message that said, evil will triumph.
3: Love a good mystery that leaves you wanting more? Check out my podcast. Hi, I'm Kadra, the host of Perplexity, a Mystery Podcast. I tell tales every single week that have left me perplexed. You'll hear true crime cases, mysterious disappearances, learn about cults, hear baffling sightings of cryptids, chilling paranormal encounters, and even dark and weird history. I release new episodes every Wednesday, and you can listen anywhere podcasts are available. I'm also on Patreon, and you can even watch me on YouTube. Perplexity, a mystery podcast. Stories that will leave you perplexed.
0: Why does evil have to be so dirty? <laughs> you yeah, can still run a broom or a mop. <laughs> you can be a scumbag and brush your teeth. I'm yeah, just saying. <laughs> why, why you gotta be so gross? Just you, be evil. You, you can still use the <laughs> toilet.
1: <laughs> I, I can't imagine Ted Bundy pinched a loaf in the corner. <laughs> but, but, but maybe. Who maybe, knows, know.
0: man? Maybe if you're evil, you just gotta drop a do somewhere in your house. Who fucking knows?
1: He told psychiatrists that he practiced the Sumerian religion that involved the monthly ritual sacrifice of a small animal. His mother was aware of these sacrifices, but didn't try to interfere, as she worried her son might try and kill himself if not allowed to perform his, quote, dark moon sacrifices. He also had many spiritual wives, and despite his disgusting lack of hygiene, had an uncanny knack for attracting women. Love a bad boy, apparently a disgusting, <laughs> nasty ass bad boy. Man, I gotta start brushing my teeth, <laughs> it's
0: killing my mojo, right? Man. Never gonna get a girl like that, man. What are you doing? In a
1: 2014 interview with the Huff Post, a woman named Bianca Heath said she stayed at Algarad's home for a month in 2005. Heath claimed Algarad spoke proudly to her about killing and eating two prostitutes, after which he allegedly claimed he burned their bodies and buried their remains. Heath stated in the same interview, Paz told everyone, but I never believed him. I'm sure no one else believed him either. He laughed about the skeletal remains when telling the story on why he did what he did. I never once saw the skeletal bodies. I honestly thought he was lying. Now... I'm not so sure what to believe. In October 2010, Algorod was arrested for being an accessory after the fact to involuntary manslaughter. A man named Joseph Emrick Chandler had been shot to death, and his body was discovered in Yadkin County a month previously. Despite his knowledge of the crime that had been committed, Algorod had allowed the man to stay at his home, and he deliberately lied to and misdirected investigators during their investigation. So he was actually let off uh, with just probation on that one. Wow. Uh, Not long after graduating high school, Amber Birch was drawn into Pazuzu Algarad's orbit. She was a clean-cut girl who used to play in the string orchestra, go to Bible study, and ride horses. She had never had a serious boyfriend, but after she met Algorod, those closest to her noticed a change. She began to dress in Muslim clothing, even though... Those closest to her could tell he was not Iraqi, as he claimed. She began to get lots of tattoos, including multiple homemade ones, including a swastika.
0: And she began, began to shit in the corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how you know you get a keeper. <laughs> he is the true test, babe. <laughs> uh, they sharpened her teeth down into points using a file. She also shaved off her eyebrows. <laughs> she invited one of her childhood friends to come out and visit her, visit her over Algorod's house over the phone, and the friend could hear him swearing and acting belligerent in the background. He also encouraged Amber to have her over to the house so that he could have sex with her. <laughs> the friend smartly declined the invitation, but asked Birch to come and see her instead. Birch did come and visit a few times, but Algorod was never willing to come. He wouldn't leave his home base. Birch eventually became pregnant with Algarad's child in two thousand ten, but suffered a miscarriage. She said it was due to all the stress. Uh, Birch claimed to be married to uh, Pazuzu, but it was a Wiccan-like ceremony, not legally binding. It was described as Wiccan, but I'm sure it was some kind of a satanic yeah Wiccan-like. Yeah, I mean Wiccan is a.
0: That's not satanic at all, completely different No, yeah, so
1: I, I wasn't there, that's how it was described But I'm sure it was some
0: creepier shit yeah, You weren't there? I, no I, okay.
1: was, I, I, was, I, was, I was still in the house taking a shit
2: <laughs>
1: I missed the nuptials. <laughs> it's fashionably late uh, <laughs> I was unbrushing my teeth <laughs>
0: Sorry, just gonna eat this piece of shit. (laughs) That's better. Bro, is that shit on your pants? Yeah, perfect.
1: You're my best man. I came here for a wedding. What do you?
0: Why wouldn't I have shit on my pants? (laughs) Stand up there with me, would you? (laughs) Proud of you. So it
1: was a homemade affair, but nonetheless one they held to be true. In 2009, not long after they started dating, Birch had another of her childhood friends come over and visit her at Pazuzu's house. The first thing she noticed was the overpowering stench before she even stepped inside. She told him, uh, and this is her words, Dude, your house smells like death to which he replied, Yeah, it's just the bodies in the basement. He also had a strange habit of remaining completely naked during the entirety of the visit when one of Amber's friends came by. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> in July of 2009, Josh Wetzler went missing. No one initially knew where he had gone, but it wasn't long before the rumors began to spread. On August 3, 2009, Tarina Billings told the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office that her father, Alan Billings, had helped bury a corpse in her neighbor Pazuzu Algarad's backyard. No response was made by police. Wetzler's ex, Stacy Carter, with whom he shared a child, told police in February of 2010 that a friend had told her that Josh was buried on Pazuzu's property. Nothing happened. In November of 2011, Pazuzu's own mother went to the Forsyth County Sheriff to report that her son had killed someone. Not too long after Wetzel's disappearance, Tommy Dean Welch also disappeared without a trace. Over the next two years, police received a pile of tips about bodies being on Pazuzu's property. Pazuzu had been bragging to just about anyone who would listen that he had killed the man. He wasn't
0: worried about being arrested. Satan would protect him. Jesus Christ, for two years he wasn't.
1: What's that? I know not doing anything. When, no
0: wonder he thought he wasn't gonna get arrested. When I was watching
1: this show, I was like, Are you frigging kidding me? Like there was like a basically a neon sign above the house that said this body's buried here. Like you couldn't most people try to hide it. He seemed like he was trying to get the knowledge out there and they still weren't doing anything. It's just wow. staggering to think of that level of ineptitude or just they yeah, don't give a shit. Like I'm not sure what it was, but it's embarrassing. Yeah, that is. It seems like just about everyone knew where these missing men had gone and who had done it, yet nothing was done. The parties went on, the orgies went on, and the missing men were largely forgotten, except for by those who, uh, loved ones who continued to push for the answers. Finally, the police came to Pazuzu's house. They searched the inside of the house as well as the yard. They noted the intense stench and the hard-style insanity of the place. That's a quote.
0: Hmm. Not sure what the hell that means. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there you go, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> These are the same Send guys. Send the
0: that... <laughs> answer to beyondtheshadows at 207gmail.com. These are the same guys that didn't bother to come investigate in the first place.
1: Right. Well, that's the standard answer. Yeah. What are we going to tell them? It's a harder style insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get to it. Huh. In the basement where Pazuzu had told uh, multiple people he had hidden bodies, nothing was found. <laughs> The police found no evidence of a crime and soon left. Pazuzu grew bolder and believed that Satan truly
0: did protect him. Why wouldn't he? No. Why wouldn't he? Well, of course, he's going to grow bolder. Look what he's getting away with.
1: The guy stinks like ass. They his don't, own mom they don't turned him come in. Right? I'm not fucking talking to <laughs> him. I'm going to wait in the car. You talk to right. him. <laughs> Put him I mean, on the other side of that glass.
0: His man. own mom turned him in. Yes. And they're still not doing no,
1: anything. I do yeah, somebody owes some some answers. You know, yeah, some jobs no some jobs should be lost in this one. Uh, no point in that um, docu series is that covered though. No reprimands against any of them, to my knowledge.
0: I mean, what what does it take to become an investigator? You, yeah. you start wondering, you know.
3: If tales of ghostly hauntings, Bigfoot encounters extraterrestrial interactions and cosmic awakenings are your cup of tea then join me Eric Salagi, host of uncomfortable podcast every Tuesday at 10 a.m. make uncomfortable your home for the topics that reside on the fringe of our reality eyewitnesses researchers and experiencers join me on a weekly basis to delve into their paranormal and otherworldly experiences Heard in over 65 countries worldwide, follow Uncomfortable Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your casts. Uncomfortable is now presented in video form on YouTube as well. So, as always, my friends, stay uncomfortable.
1: Well, then you start to see how some so many of these crimes go unsolved, for Christ's sake. And some of them are hard enough, but in this one, they have everything they need right there. It's just no kidding. simple effort I mean, we, thing,
0: Like we mean? talked about before, we said like the the number of people who are actually getting convicted is way lower than it used to be. Yeah. You know, with DNA, even. Yeah, at wow. no point did this
1: guy move the bodies. They were exactly in those same spot for five years. The whole town knew they were there. The police wow. had been told. On October 5th. 2014, police again came out to Pazuzu's house on reports of bodies being buried there. One of Pazuzu's friends had dropped the dime. This time, the police found the body of Josh Wetzler in the backyard. Not long after and not far away, they also found the body of Tommy Dean Welch as well. The bodies had lain undisturbed and undiscovered for over five years despite the numerous reports to police about them having been there and the seemingly common knowledge of what had happened. 36-year-old Pazuzu Algarad and 24-year-old Amber Birch were immediately arrested and charged with first-degree murder. The next day, 28-year-old Crystal Matlock, another of Pazuzu's, quote, fiancés, was arrested as well and charged with accessory after the fact. She was reported to have helped with the burial of Wetzler. Autopsy reports showed that Wetzler had been shot three times in the head and at least four times in the torso. Welch had been shot once in the head. Ultimately, through testimony, it was revealed that Algorod had killed Wetzler in July of 2009, and Birch had helped him bury the body. A few months later, Birch killed Welch, and Algorod helped her bury the body. It was reported that Birch had killed Welch while he sat on Pazuzu's couch simply because her boyfriend wanted her hands to be dirty, too. He was just sitting there, and she blasted him in the head with a rifle. Wow. Uh, one of Pazuzu's friends also reported being asked to kill a guest at Pazuzu's house as well. This is the same friend who ultimately ratted on him. And you can tell in the series this guy is torn. Uh, it was his friend. At the same time he ratted on him, he feels guilt about both, that his friend right. was a piece of shit, that he ratted on him. Uh
0: And to save himself.
1: I don't think he was ever in on anything. No, no, they never covered him having done anything. I think he was just hanging out with that crew. You know what I mean? He's uh, he's uh a former uh, Iraqi veteran. I think he's got like a little PS, uh, PTSD. PTSD? Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, wow. through, the, through the docuseries, he seems like a pretty straight up guy, but he's drinking heavily. I think, you know, he's got demons. You know, I get it. Right. But I mean, for whatever reason, he did the right thing. But, I mean, he was, he was by, it seems like he was about the 10th person to tell the police by this point. I mean, he should have never had to say anything because they shouldn't have No been kidding. This already. should have been handled way sooner. Shouldn't have come to that point. Uh, the friend was torn by his sense of loyalty and the gravity of the request. He ultimately declined to kill anyone in contact with the police. Uh, I just mentioned the war veteran part. So, after the arrest, the house was visited by a city housing inspector, and a video was made chronicling the piles of debris, human and animal waste, the piles of animal carcasses, and the moldy ceilings. The house at 2749 Knob Hill Drive was deemed unfit for habitation, and in April of 2015, it was torn down. The people in the neighborhood rejoiced when it got bulldozed. In the early morning of October 28, 2015, Pazuzu Agarod was found dead in his prison cell. He was being housed in Central Prison in Raleigh, North Carolina. His death was ruled a suicide, and he had bled out from a deep cut on his left arm. The rumor, though still unsubstantiated seven years later, is that he bit open his artery using his razor-sharp teeth. Uh, They aren't confirming that, but they're not denying it either. They're just not telling you how he died, but it's it's as likely as anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't take those away, right? No No matter what, he had those with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems likely.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wonder... They can't do – what do they do about teeth like that? They can't – but that's a weapon that someone's got with them in prison. I
1: put him in gen pop. I'm sure somebody would have knocked him out for him.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's one thing in prison
1: I don't think they dig is a lack of hygiene. I mean, you're in close quarters with these guys, so uh,
0: – Oh, yeah.
1: I'm sure he was probably in isolation. They didn't really cover that.
0: Well, you said that he was a little guy, too.
1: Yeah, he wasn't big.
0: Uh-huh. In his own
1: mind, he was, but physically, he was not a big guy. His two fiancés were left behind to stand trial. On March 9th, 2017, Amber Birch pled guilty to second-degree murder, armed robbery, and accessory after the fact to murder. She was sentenced to a minimum of 30 years and eight months in prison and a maximum of 39 years and two months. I don't know where they come up with these random numbers, but... Not me either. Uh, Crystal (laughs) Matlock pleaded guilty to uh, conspiracy to accessory after the fact to first-degree murder on June 5th, 2017... She was sentenced to a minimum of three years and two months, with a maximum of four years and ten months in prison. The real crime in this story, beyond the obvious, is the broken system that allowed this drama to unfold in such a fashion. A mentally unstable young man who didn't have access to treatment and medication due to the financial hardships. Uh, Two young men who slipped through the cracks and, upon disappearing, were barely even searched for A neighborhood tormented and intimidated by a reclusive and cowardly bully whose crimes were seemingly known by all, but a police department that seemed unable and unwilling to do their job. And scores of previously law-abiding people who were drawn into his orbit due to lack of self-esteem, a self-destructive nature, or even by his amazing oral hygiene skills. (laughs) The body count in this story is, is much likely higher than the two confirmed dead. Uh, but even if it's not fatalities, I mean the actual like tragedy of this one. I mean a bunch of bunch of lives were destroyed by this guy.
0: Oh, absolutely. But, uh,
1: the dead, the ones left behind. I mean it's, it's staggering how much damage one person could do. Uh, I mentioned it uh, obviously before, but I highly recommend the uh, Patricia Gillespie-directed docuseries The Devil You Know. It includes lots of interviews, backstory, pictures, and tells the story. Her, her goal when she was telling the story was not to glamorize Agra like so many stories do, like Charles Manson. Whatever. Right? They, they make it seem not like, like the guy is a, a hero. hero. Yeah. She told the story, but it was a lot through the eyes of those left behind, uh, the family searching for the loved ones, uh, the police. Uh, you know, a lot of different people were interviewed, but I thought it was a fascinating.
0: What was fascinating- it on? Where can uh,
1: the people the Viceland, watch it? Vice Land. Vice right. I still – it comes up on my TV as Vice, but apparently it's called Vice Land. But anyway, it was on there. It what, It's not brand new. I think it aired in like 2019, but I didn't catch it until like a month ago. And I watched it. I was just mesmerized. I'm like, I cannot believe, first of all, this shit goes on. Right. Uh, I can't believe the story unfolded that way. And I was also shocked that a story like this that made headlines like that, I missed. I had never heard of this guy or these crimes. I was completely unfamiliar. But uh,
0: once I saw it, I was like, I got to – I yeah gotta look that's more of this
1: and tell that story at,
0: at first, I didn't think I heard about it, but i as you went on i I've heard something about this case, but yeah. I didn't know all these details for sure
1: it's crazy, it's a crazy story,
0: yeah, it, is. it really is.
1: <laughs> Uh,
0: and it's, you know, it didn't happen that long ago. These victims are, you know, the families, they're all still around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know?
1: They interview a lot of the major players in this story. He was never interviewed in it, but I think while she was filming it, he had already died. I think he died during it, but I'm not sure she would have interviewed him anyway because, like I said, she didn't want to glamorize him. Uh, yeah. This clown did enough damage, you know, I could have let him toot his own horn as well as that.
0: Well, that's, yeah, that's just it. There's so many people nowadays just want their few minutes of fame, yeah. you know? Oh, wow
1: Anyway that's it Like I said guys I recommend that uh, show If it's a story that interests you uh, Hopefully you guys
0: liked it That was a good one I, I really liked that, that uh, Thanks bud Appreciate that
1: uh, We're going to head over To uh, this week's Fire Pit Thanks for listening guys
2: Hey hey It's Natasha From the Red Room Podcasters wanted to share with you guys some of the experiences that I've had in my current house. So the ongoing joke is it's not the house that's haunted, it's me because every house that I live in has weird shit that happens. But when other people live there, it all stops and wherever I move to, it starts. So let's go over a few things here. Uh kind of creepy, but on the plus side, I don't think it's anything, you know. You know devilish or demonic or or anything of that nature. It's it's just harmless pranks that sometimes get a little bit annoying, but it's always cool knowing that I'm usually never alone in here. So, um, for starters, we have what I call the potty poltergeist that I call Pat. I have no idea who or what it is, but it's in the bathroom and only my bathroom. We have two bathrooms in the house and it only affects one and generally only when I'm in the shower. So... Might be a little pervy, don't know, but when I get in the bathroom, we have two lights. We got one above the sink and the normal, you know, one in the ceiling, and the one above the sink stays the same, it's solid. The one above the ceiling flickers all the time when I'm in there, like all the time. I can walk out of the bathroom and it'll stop, and I will walk into the bathroom and it starts flickering, so either I have some sort of weird beacon in here, or there's something weird going on. Uh, I've also had, I'll be in the shower, and I mean, I am 100% convinced that I heard, I think it's my husband, you know, I think he's pulling a prank on me, and it scares me when someone walks in when I'm in the shower, so I hurry up, and I, like, peek out from behind the, the curtain, and there's nothing, but I swore, I heard that door latch when I already shut it before I got in, so things just, like, do that, random stuff falls over while I'm in the shower when, like you know, I'm not touching it, it's off in its own little world, and so that's that's the bathroom. Um, I've had a few instances where I think there's also a little bit of a foot fetish thing going on or something. Um, I, I sleep in bed with a face mask with uh, headphones in it, right, so I drown out all the extra noise so that I can sleep better. And multiple times, I've gone to bed, you know, i got. This big fluffy blanket on me, I got my headband on, I'm, you know, cruising, I'm listening to my music, and I'm just trying to relax, and I feel, the only way I can describe it is if you've ever been around, like, a toddler that tries to, like, tickle you, you know, and they're like, tickle, 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 and they put their little fat fingers on you and jiggle them around, um, that type of feeling, and it's on my feet. And I'll, like, kick, you know, because I'm blaming the cat, you know. I'm just like, oh, that damn cat's over here on my bed again or whatever. And I'll move my foot around. And I'm like, cat, stop it. You go away. And I'll pause. It'll stop for a second. And then it happens again. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. So I'm kicking my foot around. And nothing. Like, it stops for a couple seconds. And then it starts back up. So I, I'm i like, son of a bitch. I'm like, will you stop? And I pull my headphones off and look down at my feet. And there is nothing. There's nothing around, period. I mean, doors closed, there's no dogs, there's no cats, there's no nothing, but something was messing with my feet, and one time it tried to get a little too fresh with me because it was a feeling almost as if somebody had their palm on the bottom of my foot, and then it moved to my ankle, and then it felt like there was a hand like on my calf, just, just resting. Just enough to put pressure on there for somebody who's just like, hey, just so you know, I'm here. You know, so they don't scare you or anything. And then it goes to the back of my kneecap. Then it goes to my thigh, and I'm like, babe, I'm trying to sleep. And I throw my headphones off, and I look down. Nothing. It still feels like there is something on my leg, and there is nothing in this room. Period. So there's that fun stuff. Then we have our random shit that falls off the countertop. Uh, I have decorations on the wall that sometimes shift directions they don't move but there's one in particular little owl and everything else is where it needs to be and the owl shifts like 180 degrees and no one touches it like I've even asked everybody in the house no one's touched it partially because well I get a little cranky when you touch my stuff so there's that there's You know, no fans on, no windows open, no doors open, no nothing, yet the doors will close, or you'll feel air blow in your face. It's even got to where my son will be playing his little Oculus VR video game, and he thinks that I'm going in the room to get his attention because he feels someone tapping him on the shoulder, so he takes his game off, and looks around, there's no one in there, so he comes to tell me, he's like, hey, I think your spooks are bothering me again, so... On the plus side, though, you know, generally, if you tell them to stop, they they stop and they go away, and they don't really do anything. But it's always like harmless little pranks.
0: Yeah, that's a crazy story. I also grew up in the haunted house, and yeah. I can I can relate to a lot of that stuff. You've
1: got some badass stories for sure.
0: Yeah, I can relate to a lot of the things that she's saying. Yeah. You know. So we appreciate you sending us in another one, Natasha. Great story, Good fashion, story. Thank you. And uh, guys, we'll hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Uh, yeah, don't forget, this Tuesday, the 29th, bonus episode coming out at 3 a.m. And also don't forget, if you would like to send in your fire pit, you can send it to beyondtheshadows207 at gmail.com. You can send them to us on Instagram, Facebook, you know, all of them. I know so, you
1: guys got some badass stories. Don't be shy. Get them in here.
0: Yep. The well's um, running kind of dry, guys. We need some stories. you to anonymous for whatever reason, that's fine. All
1: yep. kinds of options for getting your story out there. You can tell it yourself. We can read it. You don't have to put your name on it. If you don't want to, it's all good. You get all kinds of options, but we'd love to hear from you guys. we got a lot of listeners and not a ton of stories, so don't be shy.
0: All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll catch you in the next one. Later.
3: Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm the host of Tales, Trails, and Taverns. In this show, Rob and I like to take an active approach by hiking out to haunted, creepy, and abandoned places. We love the adventure and discovering the dark history of the locations we visit. We release a new episode every Friday on Apple, Spotify, and Patreon, as well as bonus episodes on varying Tuesdays. But don't just take my word for it, we have great listeners who have left some awesome reviews. Oh, I love adventure, but during those times when I can't get into the outback, oh, I like to listen to Tales, Trails, and Taverns. Those boys dig deep into the dark history, and their first-hand experiences really delivers the excitement as podcasts are beautiful. Back when I was the governor, I didn't have time to listen to podcasts. But now that I'm retired from politics, I can focus on my two passions, pumping iron and listening to Tales, Trails, and Taverns. It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is that we all listen to Tales, Trails, and Taverns. I love listening to the podcast. Wait, what's a podcast again? It's an audio show you listen to. Oh, like on the radio? Sort of, yeah. Okay. I love listening to Tulips and Tiddlywinks. It's Tales, Trails, and Taverns. And what do you do again? Hike to scary places and drink beer. Sounds terrifying. Okay. I like to listen to Terrifying Tea Time, but not on the radio. Uh, Okay, thank you. You did great. You're welcome. Say, you're kind of cute. Is there a Mrs. Tales, Trails, and Taverns? Now... No, you get it? No actual celebrities or political figures have endorsed tales, Trails, and taverns. All the reviews you've heard were written, poorly, by the host, George Lennox, as well as the impersonations of celebrities, politicians, and movie characters. I meant no harm. Please don't sue me.